The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, we on, I forgot to color my mustache. Oh, Lord. I'm getting the color today anyway. I forgot to color my mustache. <laughs> I look like Famous Amos. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting my hair color today, so it'll be dark. Um, so there you go. Hi, right, I'm Louis Dix. I'm by myself. Okay, as you can see, I'm in a tie and shirt because I had to go to the memorial service of a good friend of mine, rest in power, <coughs> excuse me, Kevin King who was, uh, I've known him for over 20-something, 30 years. Um, he, was a, he, was a, he was a handyman mechanic. He's the kind of guy in the neighborhood that could um, fix everything but never to code. He would, he would call in-rigging it. He would, it was always something loose once he fixed it. But, you know, when you didn't have any money but you needed, your, you needed a carburetor or you needed an alternator put in, Kevin would do it for cheap. And that's how you survived. Everyone has guys like that in the neighborhood. So Kevin was that guy for me, for a lot of people. And I had to honor him today by going to the service. And I had to leave, but it was kind of a ghetto service anyway. But it was, it was with love, I'm sure. Um, but um, he, um, he's gone. Uh, I had spoken to him on the phone when he was in the hospital. And he was telling me how um, the nurse... Uh, looked just like me, and then he put him on the phone, and he was, he was, uh, Kevin was a conspiracy theorist. I mean, he just, he was in it, he was one of those street ghetto guys that was, knew everything about nothing, but knew nothing about everything. I mean, he was, um, and we laughed so much, so I'm going to miss him, and um, it was uh, cool. And then I get, and then on my way here, I get some crazy news, so, which I can't talk about right now, but, um, the reason I'm by myself. So shout out to everyone. Um, just so much. And then I was thinking when I was at the um, service, because he was cremated. That seems to be the way to go now. Um, but uh, And then um, Code 3 I went to a service too the other day, a couple of days ago, good friend. And, um, and, you know, it's just so much. And then all the different suicides that's happening. I mean, it made me start thinking about happiness, you know. Um, you know, I was just all the different people who, you know, Anthony Bourdain. Just, I mean, I mean, it's just so many. I, I mean, I'm just. Has it somebody named Stephanie Adams? Phil, a football player, Philip Adams. Uh, American former model, glamour model, uh, Stephanie Adams. She jumped from the 25th floor window with her seven-year-old son. Oh, my God. That's a young lady called Stephanie Adams. She was an American former glamour model known as the November 1992 Playboy Playmate. 
jumped from a 25th floor window with her seven-year-old son, Vincent, in her arms. Are you kidding me? That's just a lot of pain. Man. I've actually been watching the um, documentary on Hugh Hefner. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned I tried to watch it a little bit. And that woman that came on first that looked like him with the short hair, she she scared me. (laughs) She made me turn on the first 48. But you know what? In the last episode, episode four, I was watching, there was a few women that committed suicide. They say to, to, uh, one was they felt like to protect Hugh because the government, the feds were moving in on him on some drug trafficking charges. And one of the uh, witnesses worked for him and she ended up... um, they say committing suicide. She overdosed on quaaludes. Wow. Wow, uh, that's crazy. Why would you take your child? I just, I mean, people are in so much pain, and it's got to be that mental thing. And it's funny because Jeff's friend, who owns the dime, put a gun to his mouth and shot himself. He was a, he was um, supposedly he was Chadwick Boswick's agent. And he committed suicide because he found out his girl was cheating on him. I'm like, like, she was 26 and he was older. Just, my God. I wonder, have you ever had suicidal thoughts? I've had had painful thoughts. And this was the interesting thing that I wrote down. I think when I had suicidal thoughts, I didn't think enough people would come rescue me if I told them. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to get what I want out of this. So I've been depressed, really depressed. Never thought about um, about committing suicide. Be- One reason strongly is because of of Lewis and Peyton, um, the pain I would cause them. That that's my that was my question. The second part of my question was, when people have these thoughts, um, do they think about the other people that that will be devastated? buy it i don't think they're in the right mindset to 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 think that far ahead because if you're on a if you jump from a 25th story you're not thinking like the young lady um miss usa who jumped from the 29th floor i mean they say once you jump on your way down you regret it how Uh, do you know (laughs) if you've never how, how do you know they regret it i don't know um but it's like and and God rest so. I mean, Regina King's son. I mean, just the pain that it must cause everyone. It's such a long list. Robin Williams, um, Don Cornelius, Don Cornelius, Steve Bing, American businessman and film producer, jumped from the twenty seventh floor of an apartment building. Wow, wow. Um, Bo Birch, American musician, gunshot. He had. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just <clears throat> a lot going on. Wow. I mean, so much. So anybody out there, uh, please just call someone, talk to someone, get help. Uh, I know it's a lot going on, and it's it's easy for me to sit up here and say, you know, but we've, I can honestly say that I've had a lot of pain, and, and, and you look at it doesn't matter who you are, what kind of money you have. It's your brain. Yep, everybody goes through it. And here's a number if you are thinking about 
ending your life, um, 800-273-8255. What is it again? 800-273-8255. 8255. Where's Jeff today? Um, we're not going to talk about that. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> I wish him. He, he'll be all right. I, I, he was at the show last night. He hosted. I wasn't there. I didn't go. But I talked to Keith. So, um, but um, we have a great show. Today is interesting because we have our first millennial comedian on. Most of the comedians we've talked to are old, like myself. But we have our first under 20-something, you know, comedian. I'm interested. He's an interesting guy because I really had... I've responded to him on Facebook, but he never responds back. But I think that's just a millennial thing. Is he uh, an Instagram comedian? No, no, he's he's a he's a old school and he's young in, in age, but he's old school in his approach to comedy. So he's you know he's I'm sure he does Instagram stuff, but he's I've seen him grow up on stage in front of a live audience, and uh, he's he's uh, just as when I introduce him, just he's just a. Uh, you know, he's a millennial. They, that's how they put his little intro, and I thought it was interesting. But I'm interested in talking to him about, we, all, we always talk to the old comics about how they feel about the young comics. It's going to be interesting hearing from the young comics who talk about the old comics. And then we have Joe Fox, who's a really funny guy, too, uh, who's on tour with uh, Tony Rock. And, the uh, chat room is asking about Jeff. Well, tell them that they'll um, give him a call. They have his number because somebody else will answer the phone. Uh-oh, my phone. Hang on. That might be him. Um, but, um, so, um, uh, he'll tell you about that when he comes. So, uh, it's, um, today is game day for us at Harvard Westlake. We are, we play modern day in the first round of the, uh, open division. I'm excited about that. Um, that's why I'm going to go get my hair done. Well, I got a show next week, so I got to look halfway decent now. Um, but, um, it is still Black History Month, which, uh, we're still, um, proud of. I love the commercials that they're running and different things that they're, you know, showing our history. And and I've been watching uh, TMC or TCM, Turner Classic Movies, and uh, watched Cabin in the Sky last night with Ethel Waters. And, I mean, it was uh, the, the, uh, the room where they go talk about devil up in the oh, – it's just a great movie. Uh, I watched Lilies of the Field with Sidney Poitier and um, – it's just I just love historical movies, uh, so I, I was or I just like history. Um, what I just got a call from whom? What was the the girl we talked about before the show? Right. So okay, so she just called you. She just called me and said Jeff was arrested. Uh, okay, that's not true, and I'm not. I'm not going to buy that coming from her. So that's I'm not going to put that out there. So I'm not going to put that out there. So <laughs> that's uh I can't believe that. Is really? No, that's not true. Um so I don't know what she's talking about. That's on her. That that's Why? their How relationship. How did she get my number? I guess it was in his phone. Uh maybe she has his phone and maybe she's just they're upset. They have a volatile relationship. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm sure my boy called me, and um, I'm not going to – I don't know what's going on, and I wouldn't want anyone to put out business that is not confirmed with me. Jeff will be. Jeff is man enough to come and tell us what's going on with him when he's well, able to. if he's to. arrested, I don't think he – Well, I'm going to stop saying that. I, I'd appreciate it if we didn't put that out there. <laughs> okay. So 
Um, Damn, that's crazy. Because would you want, I mean, that's the problem. That's the issue I have with a lot of people is if the person's man enough or, or upfront enough, they'll tell you what's going on with them. But for us to speculate with some personal woman that he's with, um, I know Code 3 wouldn't do that with put my business out there and... I don't think uh, <clears throat> it's obvious that she's not a loyal person in that respect. So when you talked to her, did she tell you what was going on? I, I'm, I'm going to leave that conversation. To, I'm going to honor. I've, I've known Jeff for 30 years, so I'm going to leave that. I'm going to move on to it is Black History Month, so I'm sure it's a lot of people. that's. <laughs> and your guest issue. is in the chat. Room. Cool. So listen, um, this young man is a millennial, simple truth. This is how he's described. Millennial, simple truths, common life experiences, and um, obvious in hindsight, which is interesting. He's a writer, producer, stand-up comedian. You've seen him on Fox, uh, True TV, Aspire, and BET. And one of the things that uh, I'm really interested in, that he's the author of a comic book entitled Swag Patrol. And it's about three African-American teenagers and two siblings and their cousins who become superheroes with the help of their science teacher after a lab accident. I've actually purchased a couple of those comic books. So I'm really excited to talk to our first millennial on the show, and not an old head. Please welcome Mr. Reuben Warren. Give him a hand. Reuben Warren. Hey, Reuben. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, man. It's good to see you, man. Good I ain't seen you in a minute. I ain't seen so. you. I was telling them before you came in the room that I actually follow you on Facebook, and then I've actually responded, but you've never responded back. And I'm like, well, maybe he really never liked me when I would see him in person. <laughs> So you know, no, it's not that at all. I, I, next time you comment, I will definitely respond. I promise. Okay, I'm just like I've done it a couple times, and I was, you know, after like five times, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and be hurt because uh, if he was my son, then I can understand him not responding. But you know, so um, so you look good. Um, now I mean that in a way because I had read because, like I say, I follow you. You had began working out and felt you had mentioned how uh, it feels good to be buff and in shape and girls look at you differently is that still going on you still working out yeah yeah um actually i was supposed to go to the gym today i'm not sure if i will make it or not but um but yeah the gym is, is going good i've been you know lifting for like a little over a year now um and yeah it's, it's been cool like the whole fitness wave uh, i'm on it and it's it's not bad it's not bad at all now you you're under 30 right Yes. Okay. So you're um, you're you are a millennial. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I you I've read you started doing comedy at 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I started at 14. Um, my mom says I did my very first show when I was like five. She said I did it in the backyard. But um, but yeah, like I started at like 14 is when I like really was like okay, let me see if I could really do this. Yeah, because I read you said you 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 got you became serious at 14. And I'm like. Serious at 14? Now, where were you born? I was born in Portland, Oregon. That's where I'm from. Okay. And you were, and then, you were raised there? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I done lived everywhere. I I moved. I was born in Portland, and then I moved to New York. That's where my mom's family's from. So I moved there when I was a kid. Then we moved back to Portland. Then I moved down south to Atlanta in my teens. So, yeah, I, I've been everywhere. Now, when you moved to, from Portland to New York, did you move with your mom and dad or did you just did they? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. They moved out there together and then um, then they got divorced. And then then my dad moved back to Portland and then my mom moved back to Portland as well. So 
Okay. So your dad's always been in your life. Yeah. Okay. Um, because, you know, it's something... Um, first of all, congratulations on your comic book. How did you come up with the idea for your, your comic book? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, I was at the library because I spent a lot of time as a teenager in the library. That was like my my hangout for the weekends. I would just love to go to the library and be there all day. So like one day I had accidentally walked into the wrong section. I was looking for a book and I walked to the wrong section and it was like the how to draw a comic book section. And so I just was like, oh yeah, I remember I used to like comic books when I was a kid. So I like picked up a couple books, got them, you know, from the library. And when I went home, I opened up the books. And as I started uh, reading the books, like the whole idea just like, just hit me. And I stayed up to like 4 a.m. and I like drawing out characters and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah. And then it also just came from, uh, I just remember thinking like, I don't really know that many black superheroes. There's like a few of them that I knew, but I couldn't really name that many. So I was like, well, I'll just make my own, you know, and have them be just as cool as the heroes that I grew up liking. Now, how long was the process from start to finish for you to complete your book? Let's see, I came up with the idea when I was 16 and I didn't release my first book until I was oh, 20. So it took like four years to get like the very, very first book all the way like done and printed. I uh, recently I had never I had heard about it, but I never watched it. I just watched Black Lightning. Did you watch that show? Uh, Yeah, I watched the first. I think it's like three seasons or four seasons. I watched it's whatever the latest season is. I haven't watched it, but I watched like the first season, the first few seasons of it. Yeah. And did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was cool for what it was. It was a, you know, it it's a CW show. So those shows are like very like cringy because they just they like corny, you know, but uh, but yeah, but it was cool. Because I in in following you, you um <laughs> you uh you say a lot of things, and this is how I, I wrote it, um, that uh, you post a lot of straightforward thoughts. Are you ever worried about being canceled when you're uh, at Kevin Hart's uh, status? Because here's some mm -hmm. of the things. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Here's some of the things you said. So it's okay to body shame Nelly for something he can't control, but we're not supposed to body shame Lizzo for choosing not to put down the fork. Okay, first of all, let me just interrupt here. What? Nelly, people are complaining about Nelly had the Nelly had a sex tape out for those who don't know what you're talking about. It was on Twitter. Okay. And so everybody was talking about the size and everything. Um he's average size. Okay, just so FYI. All right. I wouldn't know or care about that, but <laughs> I just thought about okay, it since well, you bought it up. Okay, so uh, we can we we apologize. That's our producer who thinks that she can talk whenever she wants because she's in charge, Ruben. Um, but, and also you said, um, you said, uh, wait a minute, uh, hold up. Threw oh, you when, you, when you finally hear, yeah, you threw me off. When you finally hear your dad's side of the story. <laughs> now, uh, now, what, do you, again, do you have any thoughts that this is going to, like if you ever have to work with Lizzo or, you know, does that bother you? I yeah, mean, no, uh, it it doesn't. I, I used to think it would, but after a while, I just kind of realized, like, you know, it is what it is. I said what I said. Um, and even more so, like, I had, a um, like, a few years ago, I had a joke that went viral because uh, I had, it was a joke about the whole Me Too movement. 
And so I had made a, 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 a dark humor joke about it. And so it went viral. So all these uh, angry women were like trolling me and, and all this stuff. And it made me realize it's like, uh, ain't no need to apologize because people always apologize when they get caught up on some stuff. And I did apologize because I had my friends and stuff that I was connected to. They were like, bro, we getting backlash because of your joke. So I went out and I was like, yo, you know, I don't condone sexual assault, blah, blah, blah. And then right after that, these people started making fake tweets from like using my name and my face. It was making like fake tweets that I was saying I was going to like go out and rape women and stuff. So that taught me that whole experience taught me like, oh, I'm never going to apologize because it's like you damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you might as well just stand on what you said. And I think in today's world. You get more respect when you stand on your square now, versus you versus folded under the pressure. So do you now have you eliminated that joke or do you still do it? No. Yeah, no. It was it was like a tweet. It was just a tweet. So it was like a throwaway joke. Um, so yeah, I've never you know, I don't do it or anything like that. But um, but yeah, like I don't worry about what I say. It's like I know what I'm doing, you know, and I know I know that I'm pushing buttons when I you know, when I post what I post. So if it does come back to hurt me, then, you know, I'm gonna have to just take that L. But, you know, I'm. You know, it's like for me, it's like I said what I said, you know, and it's for me, it's all jokes like it, some obviously it comes from a real place. But at the end of the day, I just be laughing the whole time. Like, you know, people always be like, oh, you know, you hate women and all this stuff. And it's like, nah, man, I literally I be cracking up when I hit post. When I hit sin, I'm like, oh, this is going to be funny. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's all jokes and entertainment to me. Now, what that takes me to another question about is there a subject that you won't touch? Hmm. A subject I won't touch? Not really. Um, you know, maybe I I ain't gonna lie. Um, I probably wouldn't touch Jews just because I've seen how that, you know, with Whoopi Goldberg, we saw how that went down. So I <laughs> so I ain't gonna touch them. Uh <laughs> that's that's really the only one I could think of. Uh where I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna just completely just avoid that you know, that whole topic. But yeah, there's not really much I won't try to joke on because I feel like as a comedian, you should be able, like, you should be able to go there and obviously not be disrespectful, but it's like, you should be able to like, you know, to, to hit that edge, you know what I'm saying? To touch the edge and, and even go over it sometimes, you know, but just to push those boundaries, I feel like, like that's a part of comedy is to, you know, to go for the jugular. Now, you started when you were 14. When did you become comfortable Feel because I, I remember seeing you at the comedy union and watching you and and studying you and when did you feel you were becoming Ruben Ruben Warren the comedian after how many mm -hmm. years I would say probably um, I would say maybe when I did my first TV set out here I think that's when it kind of said and I think I was about I want to say I was probably like 22, 23. So, uh, yeah, I would say around that time is when I really kind of felt like, okay, I'm, I'm coming into my own and I'm really starting to get my voice and, you know, trying to figure out like what my perspective is. So, yeah, I, I would say about, yeah, around like 22, 23 is when it really started to set in for me. What, what do you feel separates you from, because it's so many, it's so many millennial comics now. And I was telling our producer earlier, she was saying, well, yeah, so he's one of those Instagram, Instagram comedians. I was like, no, no, he started mostly like us live on stage. 
I said he, he was in front of a live audience when he was honing his craft. So what do you think separates you, if there is a separation, from all these other young comics who are in the game? Um, I would say one thing that separates me is that I do go against the grain. Um, as you know, you know, you follow me on Facebook. So, <laughs> um, so I, I think that's one thing, you know, that helps me stand out is because I will say what everybody else won't say. Cause a lot of times when I feel like I go too far, a lot of people hit me up and be like, bro, you be saying the real, like you be saying what a lot of us be thinking, but don't be wanting to say. Right. So I think, uh, I, you know, like I said, I think today, especially in today's climate where everybody's so touchy and so, um, you know, so like trigger happy to be like, oh, I'm offended. Is I feel like if you do, if you're the one to be like, well, I'm gonna just if you're gonna be offended, I might as well give you something to be offended about. So I feel like that's one thing that kind of helps me. Um, you, um, I, I, I'm picking, I'm, I'm circling back because I know I mentioned that you started when you were 14, but how did you actually get into comedy? Uh, my dad was a stand-up comedian uh, growing up. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. My dad was a comic, and I grew up just, like, watching him. And, you know, I would go to some of his shows and stuff. So I was always around it. Um, and then he used to buy me, like, uh, he used to buy me Bill Cosby and Sinbad albums. So I would listen to those. I was, like, 9, 10 years old listening to Sinbad and Bill Cosby, like, all day. And just thinking it was the funniest stuff in the world. And um, so, yeah, that's what got me into it. And then, like I said, when I was, like, 14 was when I really, I did like my first show and then like my dad saw me and was like, oh, okay, I didn't know you was really trying to do it like that. And then when he saw that I was taking it serious, that's when he kind of showed me the ropes. Now, what's your dad's name? Ruben is the same, I'm a second, so we got the same name. Oh, now he, where was he doing comedy? In LA or where? Uh, He was doing it in Portland. That's where he was doing it. Um, But he did the, uh, he actually did the Bay Area competition back in the day, the year, the year that Mark Curry won, mm-hmm. my dad mm-hmm. came in third place that year. Okay, so yeah, so he was of, of my okay age, yeah, because I won the first one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I won the first Bay Area Black Comics competition. Oh, I didn't know that. Congrats! Yes, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, 1980, I won the first one. Um, but and and Mark Curry's win came because Marcus and them were managing him. I think that's why he won. That's why he beat your dad. Your dad didn't have a chance. They wouldn't give it to Mark. Your dad, <laughs> your dad probably won it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, well, that's interesting. Now, you, so, wow. And now, does your dad help you write material? Does he give you material? No, nah, not no more. I think, like, when I was younger, he would help out. But, I mean, now he just, uh, like, he doesn't even really do stand-up anymore like that. So, you know, he be telling, like, some people still hit him. He actually told me the other day somebody hit him up about wanting to do some, wanting him to do some jokes. And he was like, oh, no. He was like. My son is the one that that's doing it now. Hit him up. So <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I wanted to ask, what advice would you give someone who wants to create a comic book? Uh, my advice to them would be, um, be patient. That's first and foremost because it's you know when you do it independent, you know it, it definitely it's a process. So you gotta be patient with it. Um, and also too, just um. Just focus on making like a good story with some good characters. I feel like that's the that's the basis I think of any um any type of medium that's storytelling because comic books are storytelling. And so I yeah, I think, you know, definitely like focus on wanting to tell a good story with solid characters. And once you get that down, that's like, you know, you, you can go up from there, you know, find good artists that you can work with, make sure your artwork is on point. Um 
you know, don't be afraid to collab with other people because it's, it's a very much a collaboration process because if you can't draw, you got to find an artist, you know, or if you do draw, but you're not necessarily a good writer, you got to find somebody to help you write the story. So, um, so yeah, don't be afraid to collab and, and network and meet people. But yeah, definitely, you know, just endure the process because so it's, it's, it's a long one. What part do you do well? You, 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 oh, I'm a writer. I, I can't draw to save my life. So oh. I'm a writer. Uh, <laughs> and so I, you know, I link up with different people that I know can draw and, you know, and I do it that way. Now, um, who drives it more, the writer or the artist? Honestly, with comic books, it's equally important. It's 50, 50, uh, it, because it's a visual medium. It, like as much as it's a story medium, it's also a visual medium. So the artwork is just as important as the story. And, and sometimes you, you can see amazing artwork in a comic book, but the story be trash. You'd be like, oh, I don't care how good the artwork is. And then sometimes you'll see like a good story and you'll be like, man, I wish the, I wish the art was a little bit better, but the story was good. So I feel like they're both like you, you really need both. You can't do one without the other. It's like, it's like, who's more important, the mom or the dad? It's like, well, they both, you need them both to create a child. So. Got it. Now you, um, I was going to, uh, before I get to that, I wanted to ask you um, that the um, you wrote, you were, it took me to writing, I'm sorry. You, I was reading and following you on Facebook. You had written something for TV, right? I apologize for not remembering what that was, but oh, yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. It was your first script, right? Yeah, so uh, I wrote... Um, for uh, Bentley Kyle Evans, you know, uh, creator of yeah. Jenny Fox show yeah. and writer on Martin and everything. So he has his own studio out here. So uh, he has a TV show that he, that he uh, has that airs in the Caribbean. So they had me come in to, um, to write a couple of sitcom episodes for him. So yeah, that was uh, my first like foray into, well, not, not my first time into television writing, but writing for like a sitcom and episodes and stuff. That was like, my first time. And that was a really dope experience. So now, were you? Did you had you hadn't done that before? So how was? That? Were you scared? Were you nervous? I mean, did you get it right away, or what was? Were the, what were the challenges in that? Um. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it was because I've written sitcom episodes before. Because like, as a writer, you kind of practice, you know, writing different forms. Like you try to write a movie, you try to write a sitcom or a TV show, just so you can kind of know format and structure and all that stuff. So I think for me, the hardest thing was doing it on my own because I had a writing partner. And so uh, that would help me write sometimes. But like just just doing it on my own for the first time was somewhat of a challenge because you have to do everything yourself with like plotting and all that stuff and how to tell the story. And, you know, this thing happens. So then this makes the conflict go forward. Um, but yeah, I think that was probably the hardest part. But once you. Like once you get it though, like once you do it that first time, it it gets much easier after you do it more and more. It, Cause it's like a muscle, you know what I'm saying? If you keep lifting heavier and heavier, you're gonna get stronger. Um, you, um, it's some things we do here. Uh, we're gonna be wrapping up in a minute, but it's um, we say, do you do well or you don't do well? Uh, can you spell? Yes. Okay. Can you cook? Yes. You golf? No. How's your driving? Oh, it's good. Um, who taught you how to drive? Uh, let's see. My mom. And then I ended up taking a driving course. So there's like, I think this African dude taught me. 
that's that's just funny to me that this African dude taught me. Um, you, uh, what's your education? Did you go to college? Uh, I did. I went to college for one week. <laughs> what, what what college did you go to for one week? Georgia State. And why was it only one week? Because my loan did not get approved. So I was able to go for that week. And while they were waiting for the loan to get approved or denied, I was able to go. And then that Friday, I went to the office. They were like, yeah, so your loan ain't get approved. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's definitely a millennial thing. You said, all right, and then you just rolled. And then well, no, actually, what's funny is I was um, I had told myself, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go back the next semester. I was like, I'm going to just get a job, you know what I'm saying, work and do what I got to do and go back the next semester. But at that time, that's when I really started getting, like, I was really doing stand-up at that time. I was 18. I was able to go out and go to clubs and all that stuff. So I started doing stand-up in Atlanta and uh, was getting into the circuit and getting into the scene. And then that's when... I was like, man, do I really need to go to college? And then I asked the homie who was like, he's a little bit older than me. He was like in his 30s at the time. And so I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go back to school or not. And he was like, well, do you know what you want to do? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I want to do stand up. And he's like, well, does that require a degree? And I was like, nah. He's like, well, then there's your answer. And it was that simple for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need school. And I just been, you know, I've been on the comedy grind ever since. You have you who have you opened up for uh, different comedians that you've enjoyed that time with? Uh, I opened up for Lavelle Crawford. That was very fun. I've opened up for him a couple of times and uh, that was always fun. Um, that's probably the that's probably like the big name that I opened up for. I mean, L.A., you can say you opened up for anybody because you never know who's going to show. I mean, <laughs> I can say I opened up for Mike Epps. I can say I opened up for Kevin Hart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But. But I like who like who I legit opened up for mm-hmm. it was it was Lavelle Crawford. I opened up for him a couple of times, and he was real cool. Now, how was that experience walking out? Because the audience was packed, of course. So was the did one first? You were you nervous? No, no. I I stopped getting nervous after like I, don't know, I think after like eighteen, nineteen. I stopped getting nervous, and now it's like you know, for me the the stage is like a drug, so I'd be waiting to get the hit. You know, I'm like a fiend for it, so I wasn't nervous at all. Now, I know. I'm, have you ever bombed? Of course. Oh, of course. You're not a comedian if you haven't bombed. That's <laughs> how was right. that Man. for you? Oh, I mean, it sucks. You you know, you, you feel crappy, but you'd be all right. You bounce back because as a comedian, you're only as good as your last show. So if you kill your last show, you'd be feeling good. You know, if you bomb your last show, you'd be like, dang, I got to get back out here and get that get that win again. And so, it, you know, it's, it's a part of the game. And, and plus, you always, after you get off stage, you don't have a good show. You usually walk past someone who's not funnier than you, and you look at them and like, I'm still funnier than him. So. Yeah, it's just like you have an off night. You know, I've had shows, I'll just be like, especially like, matter of fact, I, I, I bombed not too long ago, maybe like a couple months ago. And it was like, I knew it wasn't me because it's like I was doing, I was doing all tried and true material. Like, you know, as a comic, when you be like, I'm hitting you with stuff I know works. Right. So it's not me. Right. You know, it, right. but it was just an off night and you're just like, well, you know, it, it is what it is. It wasn't feeling it. That's, that's good. That's always a good attitude. Um, can you uh, can you play an instrument? Uh, yes, I could play. I play the piano and I could play the guitar. How well? Uh, not that well. I've only been playing guitar a little bit over a year and my piano playing. I haven't played since like my early 20s. So it's been a minute. But I mean, I could still like play a little something can you swim 
Uh, no. Okay. Uh, you. How do you feel about scary movies? They cool, actually. I don't like how. Uh, I feel like scary movies now, though, they all kind of the same. They only do like the ghost stuff now. You don't have a lot of variety no more with like slasher flicks or monsters and all that stuff. They all just be like paranormal activity now. Now I remember during the pandemic, you were watching a lot of old head stuff that you were commenting on. You were talking about old movies you were watching, and then you were then you would comment about how that was really good and people didn't don't sleep on that. What what has been your favorite old school TV show or movie that you watched and you were like, oh, I really I see why my parents and them enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I would say the probably the dopest one, but probably Living Single. I think that was the one because, uh, like I said, I had always saw reruns growing up, and I always knew what the show was, but I never really watched it like that. I would always watch Martin. But, yeah, I watched like maybe one or two episodes of Living Single, but when I sat down and really was like, I'm going to watch from episode one all the way to the last episode, that was a fun journey, like seeing those characters, you know what I'm saying, over those five seasons. It was fun. So I would say that's probably like the dopest thing that I watched in, during the pandemic. Good. And now I, a couple of things before I let you go. I know people tell you you look like Gerard Carmichael. No? You know what? Actually, I don't really get that a lot. Um, I've only had one person. Like, there was a comedian when I first moved out here who thought I was Gerard Carmichael. Like we was talking and he was like, yeah, bro, you know, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man. So, yeah, so, you know, I saw you got your show on NBC, man. Like, how's that going for you? I was like, I don't have no show on NBC. And he was like, oh, wait, he's like, you're not Gerard Carmichael? I was like, nah. And he was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> so, all right, last question. What is it something you wish you had experienced or wish you had not experienced in your young life? Um, I wish I didn't experience watching the movie Precious. <laughs> okay, I'm... <laughs> All right, listen, <laughs> that's funny. Hey, listen, Ruben Warren, I really appreciate you taking the time and um, for taking the time to spend with us. Now, I'm definitely going to hit you on Facebook. Please respond if you wouldn't mind. I will. I, you have you have my word. I will respond. The next time you comment, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go all out. So I'm going to put gifts. I'm going to have emojis. I'm going to have all kinds of stuff. All right. Can you give us your uh, social media stuff? Yes, absolutely. I am um, at Ruben Comedy on all platforms. R-U-B-Y-N Comedy. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All right. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day and stay safe. Hey, man. You too, man. Good to see you. You too. Ruben, Ruben Warren. He spells it interesting. I wonder if his dad spells it the same way. Yeah. And his dad, I didn't know his dad was a comic, so that's interesting. I did certain things. You He never mentioned that on Facebook. But now maybe he'll hit me up on Facebook. <laughs> he probably was like, who is this old nigga DM? Yeah, who's the, yeah, who's the mustache guy? Um, so uh, <laughs> I can't believe she called you. I'm still laughing. Yeah, she called me and told me some, told me what was up. I'm like, wow. Now she, okay. I mean, we're not going to, it, and Evan, well, okay. So I can't believe she's calling everyone in his phone. Um, and, <laughs> She's calling everyone in his phone. And that's the crazy thing about it, because I was when I got the phone call and this is weird and it came up, Jeff, and then it was her voice. I said, oh, my God, please don't let it be that call, you know, because I know he works security and he's always, you know, running into crazy people. And I'm like, please don't tell me, you know, that he something bad happened to him. So I'm glad he's physically OK. Um, and we know 
as thuggish and tough as he is, he can handle whatever mental part they're putting on him. So. Um, I don't know. It sounds pretty serious, though. Well, I mean, it it is what it is. I, I I'm not going to speculate until I until I sit with Code Three and she gives me the lowdown. <laughs> then I'll call you, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> give me the facts. Uh, but uh, you ne- you just never know what's going on in anybody's life. Just never know. So, so you didn't know. I had no idea. What was But I, that's your best friend. How do my, you not know? Because we have we have every man, I don't know about women, how they do, but most men have certain parts of their life that they will not share with their closest friend because they know their closest friend will step to him about that. He knows I'm not that kind of guy. So he knows I mean, look at what I yell at him about now, about how he dresses and he curses and all that. So imagine if it was something really negative. He knows I'm not going to bite my tongue. So he's not going to, you know, it's just certain things that we do. And I'm saying we. So you mean Jeff? Dang, he was willing to take penitentiary chances? No, no. I'm just saying we're all speculating. I'm just saying, like, there's certain things that let me see if, if there's something in my life that I would not that I have not shared with him in a sense. No, because no. Basically, if you were to ask Jeff certain things about me, he could say yay or nay with confidence because I just haven't demonstrated that type of behavior. And he's never, he's only displayed the tough, which I think is too much sometimes. Like I always say, (laughs) you're you're too old to be thinking and talking like that. No, I keep it real. So that part of me, I'm, that part of me is weak. I'm I'm a sellout when it comes. I'm not that tough. I'm not that. I'm a. If you tried to put me in the neighborhood, I'd be. I, or jail. I'm not gonna go there because <laughs> I mean I I just wouldn't want. I don't know. I don't know because I don't trust her. Wow. I don't trust her. Oh, wow. Whereas where I can where I would hope someone could trust Code Three because she's trustworthy. But given the information that I know about her, I wouldn't trust her. And that's why I had to. I have to validate stuff before. Now, if it's, it gets validated next week, I'm talking. Well, I won't be here next week, but the week after, I will be talking about. You're it. not gonna be here next week. No, I have, um, you're I have just to. not telling me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this I is actually, the thing. when you were late this morning, I was like, "Oh shit, Lewis pulling that shit again." No, like, I had. A, I went to a memorial service. I know, and I timed it, <laughs> I and know. I thought you would have some some pack compassion because I wore the ribbon. <laughs> I didn't think you. I said if he's not here in ten minutes, I'm about to. So did you get my text? No. Yes, I sent you a text saying ETA. Yeah, but that but that was after (laughs) eleven. Oh, that's when it came through. (laughs) I was like, let me text you. I I thought I you know, and I really thought. Now keep in mind, I thought Jeff would already be here. So my voice got high for that. (laughs) Didn't it? My voice got a high, but Jeff, Jeff would be here. I just, you know it's something wrong. Wow, uh, I just hope. I hope he's okay. He don't get a lot of time. No, I, 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 he ain't getting no. Will you stop putting that out there? He ain't getting no time. Ain't nothing. It's a, all a big mistake. Let's hope that um, that whatever's going on. I'm not. Well, gonna, let's I'm get a, back to. I'm gonna say this. No, don't I say would, it. Don't say it. I don't say it. you are on one. I'm just, don't say no. Don't I'm say. Just don't say. say this. Don't because you are on one. I would say this. Don't. I wouldn't put it past Jeff. I'm just gonna say that. Okay, now there. that's interesting, but that you have an insight because I know his comedy ain't paying the bills. Okay, stop. Stop. 
Stop. I'm I'm just okay. Well, all right. See now, I now you got me going down that road, and I don't want to go down that road. I, I don't want to go down that road because I'm about to say, well, would you be shocked if it was me? Uh, yeah, more so you than Jeff, because he more he more about that street life than you are. I don't know how that's supposed to make me feel. I'm okay with that. I got a, <laughs> I got a tie on and my mustache hasn't been darkened in, so it's obvious. That All right, I, well, let's do this. Oh, Lord. I hope. <laughs> now, you better not have him up in there. Huh? You better not have him in the news. What? <laughs> this just then. <laughs> Jeff arrested. Not no. Playing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so. Um, we were talking, well, I brought up the whole Nelly thing uh, during your interview. Well, apparently, he supposedly um, released a video by mistake <clears throat> of a woman giving him oral. Now, I'm going to be honest. Excuse me, Wednesday You've night. you done it? No, <laughs> Wednesday night. You got oral? No, I'm playing. Wednesday night, I'm... Um, Sitting next to Jeff and we're talking, and he's like, he's always saying, "Hey, did you see this video? Did you see this video?" I'm like, "No," you know. And he always sends it to me, so he sends me that video. I click it on, <laughs> and I'm you, like, "Oh, that's right. nasty." <laughs> you watched the video? No, Lewis. first no, I clicked it on, and then I was like, "Oh, Jeff," and then I turned it off. I was like, "That's nasty." Who? And Jeff and Jeff's was watching. I was like, "You watched that?" And. You know, was, I can see it, it would be um, offensive if it, it, for you if it was two guys, but it's he's getting ahead. Like, uh, you don't watch porn, Lou? Okay, first of all, <laughs> then I started reading the comments. <laughs> I did read the comments. And the, the people were interested on their comments, talking about it was dry and it wasn't enough whatever. Spit. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, these people are nasty. I mean, who does that? Okay, so what I've been hearing, what made me actually click on the video was everybody was talking about the size, saying that they expected, I guess, him to have <laughs> a huge penis. But when I saw the video, I was like, that's average size. The average size of a man's penis, I think, is like seven inches. So, so they no, were talking what, about the, 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 that, that the girth was good. What if you do that? <laughs> With the phone, you do that. You open it up. So, so, did okay. you do that? No, I did not. I did not. I didn't even touch the screen. Okay, I shook it to come off. <laughs> Just. I don't know. I mean, well, I can see how you can um, accidentally um, post something. I, I don't know. That's kind of hard to believe. First of all, why are you recording it? So you Is can that watch it later. Do? Is that what people do? That's a, that, that, I don't, I can't say it's a millennial thing because, you know, I mean, it's a millennial thing because they got the phone. Old heads, you had to set up videotapes. <laughs> you know, but that's. Okay, so according to the internet, the average size of a man's penis is between five and five and a half inches. That's, that's small. <laughs> that is small. If you, if you, no, that is, I don't think that's, that's small. Yeah. And every man, mostly every man, has maybe this is for white has, men. Yeah, has measured their thing, their jaw. So, uh, 
Yeah, so even my social media st- strategist. Who's is that here, who that is? Yeah, the young lady? Yeah, who's she's filming. coming in. She's helping us with our social media strategy. Can she make my mustache smaller? <laughs> That's all she I'm... She says she'll see what she can do. She seems like a nice young lady. Yeah, I just actually met her in person. Um, we've been communicating by email. She's been... Um, she works with... Um, is it Destination... Lemert. Oh, Lemert Park Tech. Lemert, uh, Tech Lemert, my bad. She seems smart. Shout out. Yeah. So she's a millennial, right? She's under 30. Yeah, I think so. She, she's a nice person. She said millennial Gen Z border. She seems nice. She seems smart. Yeah, so she's actually here helping. And um, she's beautifully brown. Yeah, is okay. I, I just think that's, I think that's, I just Yeah, think. so she's helping. Um, and I don't know, can I say that? Um, she's beautifully brown. Uh, it depends on, do you feel, yeah, she's cool with it. Okay, all right. Yeah, so she's helping us build our social media strategy and visibility for Morris Media. And shout out to Tech Lamert, um, um, and Rashad, Rashidi. They've been really a big help with, um, you know, helping us at the studio and the community and stuff like that. So shout out to them. Thank you. And you need someone young to hold those cameras because old people shake. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Nellie claimed it was an accident that um, have you accident ever accidentally post something? I just I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I can't. I would not. I would. I, no, we, we don't do that. Um, um, so my question is, the young lady evidently was OK with him filming her. Do you think she knew? I mean, she knew because the light was on her. I mean, it wasn't like it was dark. You could tell he had on his phone light. So that means her parents are going to see that. Her brothers and sisters. Well, if they're old like you, probably they're not on social media like that. I mean, I'm sure it got a bunch of hits and stuff, right? It went viral. Is that what it did? Yeah. And he actually it, took it down, but you know, with the internet, you, you once you put it out there, it's now, out there. So he's single, I'm assuming. Last time I heard, he was dating. Um, he was dating somebody's ex. I forget who it was. Oh, these people. Chat room, let me know. I forget. He, I don't know if he's um, still dating. He was dating. I thought he was light skinned He is. Oh, his penis did look dark, though. I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I, I I tried to say it in a different way. By, by did you get that? I'm glad you piggybacked on that because yeah. I, I didn't think it sound right. See, now he could have denied that whole picture. He could have said, "Hey, that ain't." My and it didn't have a band aid on it. It didn't have a band aid on it. But I'm pumped. That's an old joke. So, um, um yeah. So I uh, okay. So the girl's name is Chantel. Chantel Jackson and I. Oh, they actually have I her name. I forget who she was. She was dating someone before Nelly, who I think was abusive. Oh no, why she? Oh, so her and Nelly actually broke up last year. Okay, well, good. For, I mean, I guess it's going to help his. You know, pe- more people come to his concert. Well, according to the internet, they say he's not working with a lot, but I think he's average. I don't. I don't see what the big deal is. No pun intended. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> so they're, they're cracking jokes in the uh, chat room. Anyway, the next story is um, rest in peace to A.J. Johnson. <clears throat> the, oh, man. Um, yeah, autopsy came out 
um, on his death. He died uh, at the age of 55 in September. And basically it's because he drank too much. Yeah. That's what Jeff was, again, Jeff was telling me all this stuff Wednesday night. Um, yeah, that's um, that's sad. So was he, my thing was, when he collapsed in the store, was he drunk? Or was that just... Well, they also said that they found in the autopsy that he um, had COVID. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I'll say this. I've been in the music business, I would say, most of my life. And I see a lot of heavy drinking in the industry. I see people wake up to alcohol. To, I, I don't know how they do it. So my fear is all those people that I've came up with over the years that I saw drinking, I just feel like they're going to become that stat, uh, statistic. Yeah, I'm not a I, – I, two drinks, I'm done. If I have two French connections, I'm done. Two beers, maybe three. I'm not a big – Never really been, you know, my, my son, you know, he can handle a drink. And When you're young, like, I, that's the thing, is when you're young, you could, um, you could drink like that. Like, you know, you could uh, drink and then get up the next morning and, and function. do your thing. But now it's like. Yeah, Code 3 uh, had a couple drinks the other night and is she is she different when she, she was, drinks she was she was walking that wall that's what i call it <laughs> start walking holding on that wall oh but, you didn't hold her up oh i took care of my baby I took mm. care oh of i'm surprised y'all are still together this long me too <laughs> but I, yeah i'm surprised because i didn't see see myself doing that but she's she's a really good woman um, and I'm sure there are a lot of good women, but she's a good woman my age, around my age. I'm a little older now, but I'm, I'm just happy. Um, Keep talking, Lou. I got to so, bring the stool back around. Oh, okay, because uh, that's funny. Your producer said keep, keep talking. Okay, and my news update. Wait, wait, wait. I'm just joking. I don't have any, any news. Okay, update. so the other comedian, uh, Bob Saget. Yeah. Autopsy also came out. Um, yeah, he hit his head. Yeah, how? That's kind of suspicious. Well, that's what the woman Laura Coates was saying on CNN because she, she said she's a prosecutor, and then the the the, ner the doctor was explaining to her. Now, just think about it. I don't know. I've hit my head a few times to where it's like mm, hurt from getting up on the cabinet, and and but I know from my experience of taking my classes and everything and coaching that you're not supposed to go to sleep. At night, when you after you hit your head, I mean, you know, if a kid hits a head, we tell the parents, "Hey, don't make sure he doesn't, you know, watch him, et cetera, et cetera, and all that." Um, but she was saying because they were saying it was something going on with his eye too. But she said when you hit the back of your head, then it makes the brain, it shakes the brain, and then blood can it can go to the front. So. Um, so they don't think that that looks uh, suspicious. No, based on. Because she said what she said happened. She said it was just one little bruise and it was a scab. She said because if it was blunt force, more than one hit, you would it would be more than one hit, not just once. It was, it was consistent with falling, hitting your head, and just like when you scrape your knee, you get a little scab. My thing is, how do they know? Like, how do they know he fell? Well, we don't really, we won't really know the truth until he's on that TV show, Autopsy. Oh damn! Because. <laughs> uh, and I was just watching 
Cole Three was watching something last night on the, the little country singer girl who committed suicide some while back. Little white girl country. I mean, he's, I mean, yeah, that's sad. But it was interesting that his family wanted to tell the public that. Now, um, I mean, well, of course, it probably was going to come out anyway, so they might want to control the narrative. But I just think that having blunt force trauma to your head and you're in and you're just okay with it i mean i'm just wondering if they did any further investigation was there anybody in his hotel room did they you know yeah but i think a lot of times i i know if you hit your head you'd be like damn damn it hurts and usually he was by himself because i know times that i've hit my head by myself i'm like damn and you fight through it and you're like Lord. And then you look, you feel for a lump. Yeah. You know, then you like. Okay. So there had to be. I wonder if there was some kind of lump on it. I mean, I don't know. Well, then he laid down. So, I mean, they they're just like dismissing that a little bit too easy for me. OK, doctor. Uh, I'm just saying. <clears throat> yeah. but you um, could, you could. And he also was COVID. Yeah. He had COVID. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. OK. Okay, so the next story is um, congratulations to Snoop Dogg. He just purchased uh, Death Row Records. Um, but the thing is, he, he, he purchased the brand, but he doesn't own the uh, rights yeah. yet. Oh, he doesn't own the masters. No, he doesn't own them. But they, but they say that he's negotiating that. Hang on, we got a call. Hang on. So he would have all that music, huh? Is it a collect? That's is where it, the value is, 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 a, is in is the music. A, is it a collect call? I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Hang on. Stu uh caller. Hello? Hello? You have a collect call from a California correctional facility. Ain't funny. <laughs> you thought it was. You the one that said it's a collect call. I know. I got to stop. I'm hitting my boy. You can't kick him when they do Anyway, um, the label was previously owned by toy company Hasbro, the, result, the result of a $3.8 billion merger with Canadian Studio Entertainment One, who purchased Death Row in 2013. Snoop just became... Uh, um, the new owner of the brand um, after being a part of the label 30 years ago. So we'll, we're, uh, we'll see what's to come, but he's actually releasing his new album B O D R. I'm not sure what that stands for, but it's all, it's going to be released on the new um, death row label that the new, and in, I guess improved death row uh, record. I guess we can safely say that Snoop is winning. Because when you look at the history uh, and where these guys came from, being, you know, on trial for murder and him and Tupac and all of them and those different guys, him, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre and God rest his soul, Easy E. So I'm assuming that, you know, Snoop Dogg, I believe, definitely has he's done a lot of good in the neighborhood, and I'm assuming that he has that angel on his head. I mean, on you know, on the shoulder, just guiding him because, and I'm sure his mother. God rest her soul had a lot to do with it, and his wife, who's been with him forever. I mean, he had, he's, I'm sure he's had a lot of. I'm assuming he's had a lot of good people, who are, um, <coughs> who are there supporting him, 
and good yeah. for him. Yeah, so his new album comes out today, and I'm actually going to the uh, album release party tomorrow. So they're having a session where you can actually sit down and listen to the album. So I'll be attending that tomorrow. There's a lot going on. It is Super Bowl weekend here in Los Angeles. Have you seen any... Um, have you noticed a lot of traffic? I haven't noticed anything because I've just been kind of back and forth from here to the studio. I, no, no. Inglewood's having, if you're in L.A., Inglewood's um, having a couple of street festivals that started yesterday that goes on um, through tomorrow. Tony, Tony, Tony's performing, Confunction, a whole bunch of um, Pancho Sanchez, a lot of um It's still three Tony's. Actually, what's his name is still not with them, Rafael so Tony, Sadiq, Tony. but they're still good, though. So I've Tony, seen them, Tony. Yeah, Tony, well, I've Tony, seen Tony. them perform. They're still, I think, just as good. So a lot cool. going on in L.A. Be safe. They got super security at the Super Bowl. So, um, and that's that. Cool. And our, I think our man is in there. Yes, he is. Uh, I want to introduce him. He is um, He's an actor, comedian, writer, producer. You've seen him on HBO, Showtime, BET. You've seen him on everything. He's currently on tour with Tony Rock. Um, they just did a big old New Year's Eve show where they were all in their tux and he had his shades on. And he's one of the fun. And he does a, um, he has his own business too, uh, as far as um, uh, graphic design. I always thought this particular comedian uh, favors Denzel. Okay, I'm sure he'd like that. <laughs> I, I, his cadence to me is, I always felt a Richard Pryor cadence, not like Richard Pryor, but just a cadence. Uh, he's, I consider him my friend. He's a nice guy. He's always nice. And for some reason, whenever we're performing, I have to go up after him. So please welcome uh, Mr. Joe Fox. What's up, Joe? How are you? Hey, Lewis. Yes. It's an honor, my brother. Now, did you hear our boss say that you favor uh, Denzel? I could feel it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> see it, um, but hey, you know. Um, I, I try to embrace it, brother. I, 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 thank you. Okay. Thank you. Am I the only one who's ever said that to you, or have you heard it before? I, I've, I've heard it. Usually it, it comes from um, old white women. Oh. <laughs> well, she's not a, so, she's not, well, she's not the white. thing is, are you saying that all black folks look alike when it's coming from an old black Yeah, I, it's like, you know how, like, you know, they like, oh, I, I like this guy. And, you know, anybody that kind of fits that description, they say, oh, you look like such and such. I'm like, it's, it's never Sam Jackson. It's never, <laughs> it's never, you know, anyone else. It's always, that's pretty consistent. Well, so. Denzel is a good one to be compared to, I guess. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, how are you, Joe? I'm amazing. I'm yeah. I'm great. What city? You said you're in Denver. Where Dallas. I'm Dallas. actually in Dallas right now. Uh, yeah, I, I tour with Tony Rock this week. I'm just kind of spectating because normally we do, you know, the clubs. So we'll do a full uh, weekend. This is a one nighter for him in Dallas, and this is my hometown. Um, so I was like, well, you know, let me, let me check him out. Let me see what it's like. And just hang out a little bit, you know. That, that looks like a, a nice room. hotel room. Yeah, this is a um, yeah hotel room. Yep. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks yeah, nice. I, I would never decorate my place like this. Look at that. Okay. Yeah, it but looks it, nice. I mean, I, it I, looks I, like I, the room is high up. It looks like you. 
for some reason, it looks like you're on the 15th, 16th floor or something like that. Well, you know, this is the penthouse. You know, I want to, you know, treat myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm on the sixth floor. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, you were So you were born in Dallas? No, actually, I was born in Oakland, California. Oh, our, oh yay area. Listen to me. Yeah. Hip. yeah. So you were born in, did you go, did, how long did you live there? Did you grow up? Were you raised there? Uh, I was born there to my knowledge. I was told that we were there maybe not even a year. And then, you know, my parents, you know, they moved all over. My father actually was, um, uh, he, he's in government. He was, he retired from the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration after, you know, it, you know, 30 years. I don't know. It, it, it's, it was a long time. It was a long time. He stayed, uh, there moved up there because he was actually, um, in one of the first affirmative action programs uh, for that branch of the government that actually worked, I might say. Got it. Yeah, so, uh, so we, we moved around a lot. So where, where, do you call, where were you raised? What city or state were you raised in? Okay, uh, Oklahoma City. I came of age in Oklahoma City. Went to school, uh, college in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. And then moved down to Dallas, and that's where I started doing stand-up. So, Officially started doing stand-up. So stand -up. you saw that growth, because I was in Oklahoma. I think it's the Brick House or something. Uh, I think, I'm not sure of the comedy club. I was there with Craig Robinson. You, so you've seen the growth of Oklahoma from when it was nothing, huh? Definitely. There's been a lot of growth and expansion. Um, when I was growing up, there was a club, one comedy club, that was called jokers i think then mm -hmm. it closed down um you know and i was a you know a kid you know you know little did i know around that same time dave Chappelle was 14 15 he'd already started to hit locally but it wasn't you know in my uh it didn't cross you know my um uh, you know my path until a little bit later um in life so it's grown quite a bit. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder is there now. So there's lots and lots of activity. Now, excuse my ignorance, because I know you open up for a lot of people, a lot of celebrities mm -hmm. like Tony and Dave mm -hmm. and all that. What is what do you what is it about you that you feel that makes these stars feel comfortable with you opening up for them and sharing the stage with them? What is it about well, your uh, act and you? Well, other than the obvious uh, being funny. Right is being someone that's good to work with dependable um you know opening up for someone i mean it's an honor to be able to do that especially with with movie stars and celebrities <clears throat> you got to play your position you got you got to play your position i mean that's that's number one can you are you likable are you, can you be you know uh, trusted to do your job it could be, I mean, you you know, I mean, it, it could be that you might need to be on stage for a little extra longer because the headliner is not there yet. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You know, little, little things like that. I mean, people ask me that, how, like, how did you get to do it? Right. Like how, like on the business end of it? I mean, just, you know, I'm actually friends with these people or I've established a good rapport. Um, you know, it's, it's an honor to be out on the road. You know that. But when you can do it with somebody that's that's good, that's working a lot, uh, you know, I'm spoiled, man. These, like, I don't know what it's like to walk into one of these clubs and 
it is, you know, there's not a whole lot of people there because right. they don't know the headline. So, <laughs> right, right. You know, so I'm, I'm spoiled, man. <laughs> I don't take it for granted, man. It's like, okay, it's just me. And they're like, all right, there's only two people and, and, and it's the kitchen staff. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right, yeah, one of them is me. They paid them yeah, to be there. Yeah, one of them is me. I, I got to go back in and cook the chicken. Um, <laughs> I'm going to swing back. How did you get into stand-up? I've always wanted to do it. Um, I mean, you know, you're one of the prime reasons. Actually, I, I've told you that the the Partners in Crime uh, huh. series, Robert Robert Townsend, uh, he had this show uh, for you listening audience. Go, I, I'm 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 not ancient, but uh, Lewis is. <laughs> I know I am. My mustache is saying that. <laughs> but but I go back. I go back. To the partners in crime days, Robert Townsend had a, a variety show, and during this time, I was like, I was I was a kid, maybe you know, 13, 14. Heard the Bill Cosby on Real to Real, but to actually see somebody do what they did, Lewis Dix was the first comedian on on the on the bill on that first Robert uh, Partners in Crime. And I was like. Okay, that's it. That's it right there. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that. That's that's yeah, uh, yeah. And now look at you. And then you just shot right by. That's unfair. Uh, <laughs> you you now you talk about I know in your act you talk about being married. Do you have any children? Not anymore. Okay. No, I no no I never had any. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never I never never had children. Uh, you know. Married and divorced and and now, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's all better now. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I I laugh at the fact every time I hear you do the bit about uh, her taking the hangers, I thought that was hilarious. It's true. It's true. That's it, true. You know how you know how some of those jokes they, they say uh, it writes itself. Right. Well, that wasn't like a joke, but I mean that's a true thing. That is, I'm like. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, she took the hangers. So that actually, you went in and saw that. Yeah, I saw it. It was it was an experience. the The real hit came when I was buying more. I like I need to get <laughs> all the hanger. You know, you know. I went to IKEA, and you know, I was like, "Yo, give me." I was put all of them in there. Mm-hmm. Put all of them in that little cart. You know. Um. What was um? I want to ask you. Hmm? Uh, what's your I asked this question. It's a weird question. But what's okay. been your most uh, expensive purchase? Uh, other than uh, in a, a divorce attorney? I, I knew you. The comedy muscle that, took you right there. Is that is, is that really considered a yeah, purchase? Yeah, that's the comedy muscle <laughs> took you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, the biggest... I'm I'm gonna say the big recently the, the purchased car repairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like I've never spent that much on a uh, a car to get it fixed, like three thousand dollars worth of repairs. Like I had the money to do it. I said, you know, you gotta have reliable transportation. I said, man, pay it. Now, what 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 what? And not negative, but what are your positive vices? 
my positive vices. Yeah, like what do you what do you do you what do you treat yourself to? What do you you know? Are you a sneakerhead or do you like traveling? I mean, well, you travel to work, but what what is what is it? What is Joe's? If if I were to go into Joe's home or hang out with Joe, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, I see that he he bought this. He likes this. This is his comfort zone. He, some people like cigars. Some people, you know. Uh, okay, actually, it's a strange one. If you look at my uh, browser history, uh, you're gonna see a lot of old, uh, like a lot of old Malcolm X or John Heinrich Clark or Francis Crest Welsing their speeches from, you know, the '80s and or even earlier Malcolm X from back in the '60s. Uh, to really hear their voice and hear what he they were talking about during the times and and you know I watch hours of that you know a lot of the stuff that he talked about uh, back in the '60s is, is still going on today mm-hmm. and you know history history a so, lot a lot of history so you like history now it's Black History Month so it do is. you who's who if you had the opportunity. Someone who's no longer here to sit down and have dinner with them. Who would be your top three that you would love to sit down with dinner and talk and just pick their brains? Um, I'm going to go with. Um, <clears throat> wow, man, this is so many people, man. I'm going to go with one. Uh, uh, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, two. Malcolm X, or um, and 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 definitely uh, uh, Francis Cress Wilson. Now, who was explain that? I'm 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 ignorant to that. Francis who? Francis Cress Wilson. Okay. She she is a a psychiatrist and lecturer, and she wrote a book called uh, uh, the ISIS Papers: The Keys to the Colors. Um, Baby Boy, which is a movie that John Singleton uh, directed, was based off of her book, loosely based off of her book. Just some of her ideas about the condition of of, of black people and how our lives have a certain pathology, um, you know, and how we have been uh, placed in in a condition and great movie but there is some principles that came from her book <clears throat> i read that book and it opened my eyes to certain things mm-hmm. about uh black people and it so does, she's definitely part of black history does that um guide you in the way you conduct yourself and as a black man um in some ways just insight on things um i think that you know, established a, a baseline of, of, of thinking. And, you know, it's different for Black people in just how we want to navigate towards our own personal success or goals and just how we interact with people. But just um, reading her book, some things kind of made sense um, from when I was a youth all the way up till now. So it, it was just, oh, who is this person that they're talking about? And you know, 25 years. That book is very old, too, by the way. So after hearing, uh, excuse me, after watching that movie, I wanted to see 
what that was all about. And it kind of connected some dots. It was just interesting to me about how I had been living this thing that someone knew about that I agreed with. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought I was the only one that's, that saw stuff like that. Wow. And now what, what subjects won't you touch in your comedy? Are there any subjects you won't touch or maybe you do? Um, I'd like to find out what I'm not willing to talk about. Like I, right now I'm willing to talk about anything. Um, it's always a risk talking about, uh, you know, sensitive things. You know, I haven't found a need to talk about um, like rape jokes. Um, people who are mentally retarded. Um, LGBTQIA plus minus uh, multiplication, I, whatever <laughs> mathematical, you know, is. I don't know what that is there. Right. Why not and put an ampersand or a dot, dot, dot next to the LGBTQIA dot, dot, dot new letter coming soon. I don't know. You know, jokes like that. I'm starting to just question from the, from the periphery, but not having the actual experience and saying, you know, maybe uh, better not touch that. Right. Uh, you know, Jews, you know. Right. Now, it's interesting. There. I like the way you put it that you just, you don't have a need to talk about certain things. Um, do you, um, we're going to get you out of here in soon, but because I, I know you're busy. Sure. I wanted to ask you a few things about, um, we have a thing we got things you do well and things you don't do well. Can you spell? Most words, yes. Not fast. <laughs> Not fast, man. I mean, I, I was in that spelling bee back in the day, man, and 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 failed miserably. Really? Oh yeah, I remember those days. They didn't. They just said spelling contest. They didn't teach us, you know, how you can give me the what's the root word of that? Right, right. Uh, you know, can you use it in a sentence? I, I I didn't I didn't know that you could question that, and there was some skill to spell. I thought I knew how to spell the word ability. Right. I spelled. I didn't have the ability to spell ability correctly <laughs> and first up, first down, sat the whole rest of the spelling bee just losing. I didn't get nothing. That is hilarious. Um, can you cook? For other people, uh, perhaps I shouldn't. Uh, but I can't. I, you know, air fryer. Yeah, I can. I, air fryer does it for me. Okay. So I don't know if that's the same thing, but I, I have a, a, a I know my way around appliances. Do, do you golf? No, I don't. Oh, okay, I don't either. Do you, can you play an instrument? I can uh, sort of make a few tunes on the on the drums or keyboard, mm -hmm. but nothing that you would want to listen to at length. Right. And can you swim? Definitely, I can swim. Oh, okay. Here's the question that they don't like me to ask. So our boss has to ask you, our producer, because I came up with this question and I don't know why, but they say it's just not a good question to ask. I First should. of all, why you didn't ask Ruben this question? I, I did, cause, <laughs> yeah, I had Ruben, uh, Ruben Warren on early and I did not ask him this question because he's a millennial and I don't know how they feel. Um, Maybe he thinks you're cute. Hilarious, but uh, 
So here's it's coming from our boss, our producer. She's going to ask this question. Hey, I didn't come up with the question, but Lou seems to think it's important to know if you're a good kisser. If girls, I'm supposed to say if girls think you can kiss. So that's what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> okay. Who, who wants to know this? Did Lewis came up with the question or? Lewis who? came up with the question, but he always puts it on me because he doesn't want to. <laughs> I just don't want, I think it's a weird question. They really feel. Why Why do you even have it on your list if you feel it's I, weird? No, it's a weird question, but then I'm like, nobody's ever going to ask him this question, so I'm going to ask him. So I'll have you know, I get asked that question all the time. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Well, what's your answer? Because apparently there's a rumor going around and people think that I can actually kiss and I'm trying to confirm it. But I, how do you confirm this without actually doing it? And let that person judge for themselves. Yeah, that's why I, I, that's what I was telling Lou. It's not up to you to decide if you're a good kisser. It's the person on the receiving end that decides. Okay, so do girls feel the girls that you have kissed? Do they feel you're a good kisser? You know what? I never care. I I I was I, I was just happy <laughs> to be kissing. Why should I care if you think? Maybe I cared when I was when I was first kissing. kissing. Okay. Girl. okay. Now, are you tonguing it down in this age of COVID? <laughs> See, you know what? Hey, you know you can't you can't kiss with no mask on. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you supposed to look? I mean, that that's that's a uh, you know you that you can ruin the moment right there. <laughs> uh, like getting all like take the mask off and then you be like, you got it. I wonder if you got it. Let me you see know. your vax card. <laughs> I need to take this quick test right now. Lean back. I got a little, I got a little Q-tip. It's not going, not going to hurt. Just, just, just lean back. Okay. Now, Joe, are you single? Define single. Um, not in a relationship with someone. Define relationship. Hilarious. That's. Oh my God. That's funny. Here we go. Those are great answers. Those are great answers. Here we go. Okay. I am. I am non. I am non-committed. I am non-committed and sociable. Okay, so I was asking that because how has dating been for you during the pandemic? Or are you dating? Oh, dating has been uh, on my terms. Wow. It is great because because see, I I just finished getting out of a marriage that could have bled into the pandemic. Pandemic changes everything. Wow. You got to either find somebody to hook up with, or now you stuck with somebody. I was done. I'm on my own. I'm good. Good for you. That's the way it's supposed to be. My last question. What, right. what is something you wish you had experienced or wish you had not experienced in your life? Um, Besides that marriage. Oh, well, you know, that's, you know, that was the easy answer. Right. <laughs> that was right. the easy, you know, go other than this. Um, I wish I would have experienced uh, coming to uh, uh, 
you know, Hollywood and getting into, you know, acting at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that I did not. Um, I, I wish that I, I well, I, I think I said that wrong. I wish that I would have gotten, I wish I, damn, I, I think I got twisted, twisted up. I wish I had done something and I wish I had not done it. Okay. I wish that I didn't wait so late. Mm-hmm. So it's the opposite side of that. I wish I would have done it earlier and I wish I hadn't waited so late. Got it. That's a great answer. Hey, I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't. No, I no, 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 no. Trust me. Our, our seven listeners are, are good with the answer. Uh, well, they'll listen, you know, they'll listen later. Fair enough. Hey, listen, Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you were traveling and you, you got in your hotel. Safe travels and have a great show. Thank and thanks a lot. Be safe out there. Thank you, and, man. It's been an honor. Appreciate yeah. it. And thank you for the ISIS papers. That's the book we all want to go out and check out. Yes. All right. Thank you, Joe Fox. Thank you. All righty. Um, Did that girl call you back? Uh, Yeah, I got some disturbing uh news from whom the girl oh no she she called you back yeah. or you're talking about the original she called me on my phone just like a minute ago okay but what i thought she called you on your phone before she did and she called you back yeah so is she, was she listening to the show i think she's trying to get some money at this point but this is the person she said she well, I guess she, is she listening to the show? Because you know what I told you. I, I was don't think do. she's listening to the show when um, Jeff is. I, you don't know. Uh, okay. So you are funny. You are. You are. I think it's funny. Fun. No, no. It's I not think funny. it's funny only because, you know, as much as Jeff talked about me. <laughs> You're going hard. Hey, listen. Uh, oh, I'm Lewis Dix, and that's the boss, the poetess. And then our young, um, our young what? social media strategist. Yes, our young social media strategist. What's her name? Aman. Aman. That's a pretty name. Aman. Does she it mean smells anything? It. I mean, smells it. <laughs> she smells it. Your she nose, smells Aman. Your nose distracted me. <laughs> she spells it interesting. How does she spell it? A-U-M-A-N. Oh, is that Muslim? Oh, who named you? Your mom? You didn't change it. Well, we got that part. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, so back to Jeff. I know you're trying to avoid the situation, no, I'm, I'm, but it's pretty serious, Lou. Like, okay, well, we're not going to okay, put so it because no, we don't know the facts. But why? Like, because I'm, I'm no. kind of pissed okay. off that you didn't tell me that this kind of shit was going on. No, like, first of all, I just, okay, you sound like her now. I told you I'm shocked too, and I don't know. So first of all, take a step back. We don't know the facts. I just found out, just like you found out. So I don't know, and I'm not going to speculate on someone. Why would you have? Why would you put my business in jeopardy? Like okay, that? first of all, seriously. Okay, like, seriously. Okay, I just told because you because that could have happened okay, here at okay, my studio. Okay, but I just told you. What part are you guys not hearing that I did not know? How That's do you what, not know that's your best friend? Because I because I don't know. What part of I don't know are you guys not getting? He's a grown man. I'm a grown man. We're not we're not in the same house. We're he's I 
I could see you saying that. How did I not know that about Code Three or my wife, my ex-wife? That I know, I've been with. but Jeff is your best friend. That does not. I you just told put you my business. In I just jeopardy. told you I had nothing to do with his what his life, what he's doing. So I did not put anything in jeopardy. Remove me from the equation, because he's making his own decisions, regardless of what it is. So I don't know how you can turn around and say, "How did I?" Put your business. I, I just okay, said. Okay, so Sheena's my best friend. I would okay, know but I'm just telling you. She was dealing drugs. Okay, he's not dealing drugs. I don't know. And first of all, my thing is, I'm offended. The first fact, we don't know the facts. We don't know the facts. That's first of all. We don't know the facts. And second of all, I am not in control of that grown man, just like he's not in control of me if something came up with me. We don't know. Just like I would defend you and not want anyone to put your business out there if they well, didn't know. Well, I'm putting his business out there because he well, could jeopardize my studio. But I'm just saying you don't know if that's even true. Well, why would she be calling me Because then? she's crazy. That's her. <laughs> why would you trust? Okay, here's my thing. Why would you trust someone you don't even know? <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you and see you. Are you, you okay? <laughs> can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. I, I... Oh, that shit talks to shit. Oh, that's right. shit you were funny. Uh-huh. Okay. But, oh, yeah, I called him crazy. Yeah, if, if that's what I was getting, yeah. If that's what I was getting, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to stay. I'm stand. So all those times you talk about I don't, I don't have your back, I had your back. Now I knew something wasn't right. I'm like, all right, this is not April Fools. It's not this. Not, something's not right. And then Poe is gonna sit up here and start calling you out. And I'm like, let's not put this out there. It's not. No, that's my boy. I don't know him. I'm just no. And then, oh. Keith, then Keith's calling me, and then she cussing me out, and Tiffany's cussing me out. I'm like, well, how you gonna cuss me out? I don't know no darn even. I don't know who that is. I'm telling her straight up. I'm like, then I'm trying to get calm. Like, all right, listen. Let me tell you what I know. No, I don't need to hell know what you I'm like, all right, you know what? You know what? You know what the funny part is? What? Code 3 was in on it, too. <laughs> See, that's what's wrong. See, and I, cause I, and I called Code 3, and I was like, I was like, because I was worried, because first thing I was worried about was like, I ain't got no bail money. I'm like, I'm like, he in there. And I'm like, all right, first of all, because when she called, because you hit me three times, I'm like, all right, he don't call three times. So that was the first thing. Then when she answered your phone, I'm like, he, okay, she didn't shot him. Uh, you That's the first thing I thought was she shot him. I was like, okay, she didn't done something to him. So then uh, when she said, he and, he and he, the feds knocked down the door, I'm like, feds knocked down the door? I'm like, no, he carried his money in plastic. Okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to put, and then I'm like, I'm like, okay, I just saw him Wednesday. Okay, I know it's, okay, no, that's not him. That's not him. Okay, I'm not going to believe that. Well, he got these feds, and who is Yvonne? And I'm like, okay, why is she stuck on Yvonne? She <laughs> you, know, you know, what's funny is <clears throat> Lewis came in this morning, and I was like, um, you know, where's Jeff? He goes, well, his girl called me, and she was talking about who is Yvonne. I said, damn, she was more concerned about, about Yvonne than him being in jail. As opposed to him going to jail like, for I'm drug like, trafficking. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, feds and knocked down your door, and I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, what? And first of all, I'm like, okay, first of all, how's she in the crib and she don't know where the drugs are? So that's the first thing. <laughs> so she dumb and dumb and she don't know uh, where the drugs come are. On now. No, I'm like, how's she not? She and I'm like, she uh, gonna get mad at me talking about I don't know she's what's like, going excuse on. Excuse me. And then she called Daryl. Then she called, she said, I talked to Daryl, and then I look at my phone and I don't have Daryl's number. 
because I tried oh, to call wow. Daryl. So I'm like, I don't have Daryl. I tried to call Jordan Butler, and I'm like, all right, so okay, Daryl, tell me the truth. She talked to Daryl. All right, cool. Then she went, but then when this is when I started believing her, when she cussed me out. Cause like she, she don't even know me like that. She cussing me out, and y'all, y'all got his back. And I said, well, hold up, I'm the nice guy in this. I'm the nerd. Oh. I'm like, I don't. Do oh that. wow. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, okay, Chicago. He no, that's not Jeff. That's not. He's not trusting somebody. Well, you named know what? I'm gonna say this. The chat room takes their hats off to you, Lewis, because they felt like you really had Jeff's back through what? this whole. Print. Yeah, because I didn't believe. I'm like, I don't believe. And I'm for like, those who uh, they're asking, well, why Jeff isn't in the studio? Jeff, you got your car stolen. Today, my my right? car was stolen this morning. Now that's a my problem. Auntie. First of all, who would steal your car? I know it's exactly. <laughs> that's the first. <laughs> exactly. Well, who exactly. are you? Are easy to steal? Who? I'm, now that's can hotwire it. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'm, I'm be Tiffany. She had me because I'm like, all right, hold up. And then she had me the second time because the first time I'm like, because when I talked to Keith, I said, all right, Keith, I don't believe this. All right. So I said he did something else to make her mad. And <laughs> she planted the drugs. I said, she, she planted and <laughs> she took him out because she was uh, like, I got a career. I got a career. I was like, OK, so what? You got Y'all sell drugs. Airline people sell drugs. So then I'm like, OK, hold up. This is not right. So then I was like, then I said, when I call Code 3, I'm like, listen, this is what... Da, 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 da. I think like, that's so cool that Code 3 was in on it. Yes, that's when she's that. in trouble because she said, oh, yeah, I just I just looked it up and, and it's in the system and, he's, and it's not good. <laughs> so I'm like, well, what's going on? I can't tell you right now over the phone. I can only tell you in person. So it's not good. So um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, no, I called her right after that. I called her and I was like, yo, you got to be in on this prank. And she like, okay. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. You just got to let them know that I got arrested with some weight. And she started laughing. She was like, okay. I said, but you got to be serious though. You can't and, just give it. She said, no, I got you. I, I'm like, I'm sitting here and then I'm sitting. Then I come in and poet is, is hard laughing. She can't wait to tell everybody. And I'm like, No. <laughs> Hold up, that's that's my boy. I'm not putting this business out there because he's gonna get mad at me if we put it out there and it's not confirmed. And then I said, so all right, look, let's just. And then she, then she, just now she gonna go off. I don't know, in my business, and because Tiffany was doing the same thing, that's what got me. But, Tiffany, but the thing with Tiffany, when I first asked her to do, uh oh, uh oh, when I, yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Yeah, I said when I asked her to do it, she was nervous as hell. She was like, no, he going to snap on me. I'm like, no, he ain't. I was like, you just got to be angry. You got to sound aggressive. She's yeah. like, no, he going to snap on he me. Put, he put my career in jeopardy. And then I'm sitting to myself, I'm like, you ain't got no career. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, and I'm like, okay. So then I'm like, all right, I know why she mad. I said, she mad over Yvonne. So I said, I'm not getting through her because she's pissed. She's mad because I was like, he's supposed to love her. And that's his girl. He's calling her his wife. And then I'm like, how you gonna call her your wife? And then you do all that, Jeff, you stupid. And you got caught. And I was like, my God, then you got then you would get handcuffs. <laughs> Tell she, us how you really feel, Louis. No, because when she got me, when I kind of <laughs> believed her, when she said right? she said they took uh... they, they took him out, they took him out in handcuffs. And I was like, oh, that sound real. They took him out <laughs> in handcuffs. And they I said they didn't let him take his phone. And then you know when I thought it was really kind of true? Because you had the other phone. And I asked Keith about it. I was like, Keith. You gave him another phone. He got a burner phone. And I was like, that must be the it. He got that fake phone. So that's the phone that they doing drugs on. 
And then I'm like, so I was like, and I said, look, Tiffany, I'm with you know, Jody. There's no way I'm going to do something, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. And she really, she sounds so real when she said, oh, you. No, that ain't what you said, though. You was like, oh, I have nothing to do with that. I got a career. It's like, I'm not about that life. No, I, and I told Potus that. I said, I'm a nerd. I said, I'm not. I said, and then Potus was asking me, she said, how you don't know that your friend? I said, listen, every guy has secrets that their friend don't know. And then I corrected myself. I said, no, Jeff knows everything about me. I said, so I said, but there's certain things Jeff won't tell you. I said, but he could, if you ask Jeff anything about me, he could say, yeah or no. And I said, so if you ask me about Jeff with drugs and cocaine, I'm saying no. That's not, that's not him. I just did not, I just was not believe. Now, if it was my dad, I would have believed it. Uh, and that's hilarious. sad. <laughs> but no, uh, but I'm so glad it's a prank. I was so scared. Cause I was, nah. Did you believe it, or be, or were you suspicious at all? No, I believed it totally. I believed. So because, you you believed it when I was going off on you just yes, now? Yes, yes. I thought you was tripping. I be, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I believed it because I saw the emotions. You was like, you can't tell me this or that. I'm like, well, because oh. Tiffany never calls me, and when she said she had Jeff's phone, and I knew that she was she would be upset because they're on the right path, and I'm like, okay, this is. Because Jeff, I know how much Jeff loves her, first of all. He can act all hard he wants to. So I know, because once I went in there and she had changed the color of his house, scheme of his house, I knew he was done. When I saw this, the house, he had different. That's his trap phone ringing. Yeah, that's his trap <laughs> when, 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 um, So I, I knew he, he loved her because when I went in his house and I was like, oh, he done. He got, oh, she, she didn't he, got pink, he had salmon. Pink, it was uh, salmon. Pink drapes and shit. Yeah, it was salmon. I was like, oh, she done. She got him. And I I remember getting got. I was like, all right, he's gotten. That's cool. I was happy that he's got. So then, and then I, you know when I knew, also knew that they were in love? When she was at the door taking the money for the show. <laughs> like, oh, anytime, anytime a guy let a woman collect his money, she's done. So why would you do that? We thought it was you better come to the show last night, motherfucker. Because right. I was the house. It was light, but it was a great show, though. Yeah, I knew you had. I was. I wasn't feeling. I knew I had a long day today. I had to go to. Did you go to the service? Oh uh, no, we, they getting ready to do something now. Okay. So that, like, that was that had been bothering me too. But a lot of people from the dime they came and they, we all needed that laugh together and all of that. So that okay. that's funny because somebody said you look like you were sitting in front of a crack house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Derek. Okay, I I have to say, okay, <laughs> Tiffany. You look like I House. I have to say, okay, Tiffany, uh, I will give it to you. You got me. You and Code Three's in trouble. You got me, though, Thank Tiffany. You, because I, I truly believed you. You've missed your calling. Um, I, I'm, I don't but know. You know what's hey, funny she though? She's an actress. What? What's but you know, you know what's funny though? What? I was listening to you with when you was talking to Keith, because Keith had his other phone, so I was listening on the speaker. She was listening too. So then I had to cut the phone off because I was like, oh, this nigga about to go into some shit. Because you was like, I was first upset. of all, this bitch called me about some shit and all this. And, I'm mother this and I was like, oh, shit. No, about to I, was, some no information I was just matching. I was matching her because she was calling me names. She was like, you oh. motherfuckers don't you? I'm mean, here. I'm cussing. Y'all you, you, all looking out for each other and all this. And so I thought you were done with her. I thought she was done with you. So uh, I knew it wasn't no going back if you had got caught with some... some some cocaine so <laughs> i figured it was all good because y'all wasn't getting back together see that's what, uh, that's why you can't play pranks on people like that that know you because i thought the way she sounded it was a rap 
You messing up uh, her life. She's got. And then I said, because <laughs> I that's what. <laughs> all right, here it was. Poet has stopped me because I was about to send her a text. Yeah, he was about to text her. I was about to text her saying, I was about to text her because the last time I got off the phone with her, I was going to say, well, listen, if you really feel that way, just bring his keys and his phone to me, and then you can go back to Virginia. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, he was about to go in on her. I I, said, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Wait, wait, because then I was like, all right, I'm just, I was just hurt that you were in handcuffs, and she was more concerned about... Yvonne. Well, all the friends, uh, all the fans in the chat give you props because they said you really had Jeff's back. You didn't put it all out there. No, I wasn't. Like I did. Yeah, I wasn't going to put it out there because I knew he he's not like that. He don't like people knowing his business. So I'm like, you can't, he ain't going to, he'll never forgive me if I came on and talked about that because that was, you know, no, because he, he don't play that. And then I was like, I ain't going, because he's always been on me about not having his back. And I'm like, okay, I got to have his back for the because I know he has mine. So I was just, I'm so glad it was a joke. Tiffany, you got me. I'm not going to, I'm going to get you back. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to get you and Code 3. Uh, but yeah, Code 3, she was the selling point, though. Yeah, she. Yeah, because when, when Lewis told me he called uh, Code 3, I was like, oh, shit, the, the joke's going to be ruined. But no. she was actually in a good thinking, Jeff. Yeah, because I said, "What a way to set up." I was prank. like, "Look, I was like, okay, now I can find out for real what how bad it is." Because I didn't think of that. Like, yeah, she's like, "Okay, I'm looking at the data," and her voice got really low. I'm looking at the database, and yes, he has been arrested, <laughs> and it doesn't look good. <laughs> oh, she's great! I said, "What?" Shout out to Code Three because like, she's the one that really bought the credibility yeah, to the yeah, to the like, prank. Because I knew, because I I was like, okay, the first thing he's gonna do, he's gonna call her. Yeah, he's gonna check with her, and I was like, all right, let me get let me get in touch with her real fast. And I thought I like I got to like talk to. She said, "I just hung up from him." All right. Well, she like, oh, first of all, are you okay?" Ah, she's a sweetheart. Okay, so now we got to go to dinner. Wait, my thing is, that's kind of cool. Jeff has Code Three's number. Well, ever since my hospital stay, I got, I got, I got that by accident, though. Yeah, yeah, and I, I got to get Daryl. I got that thing. You had it. That uh, so now we got to go to dinner, so we all can laugh at that. Um, But we got to go to dinner. But I called Daryl and Daryl. But you know, I called Daryl. You know how nonchalant Daryl is. What'd he say? There was like, yeah, all right, man. If the nigga called me, yeah, I'll I go along with it. But I ain't calling him, though. Oh, call I'm like, hey, girl, come. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. My cousin's so nonchalant. He's like, yeah, the nigga called me. Yeah. What you want me to say? Oh, like, never mind. Don't worry about it. So, but yeah, man, I'm good, though, man. All it's right, a good man. show. I don't, I did, don't. Jeff, did you um get your car back? No, I filed a police report. So my neighbor has a ring. So they're looking, they're going through the um, the video footage of it now. You know what? So because they probably huh? sold your car and they're going to bring it back fixed up. <laughs> I hope so. Shit. They're going to pimp Shit. your ride. Exactly. Do that. Oh my but God. it was funny because I went out when I went out for my run this morning at 630. It was there. And then when I came back in the house, at, um, I came back about eight o'clock. I went in for a few minutes. Um, and then when I came back out, because I was going to get something out of my car, and it was gone. I was like, what the fuck? 
So well, tell, I don't know, man. Tell Tiffany so. I didn't mean anything I said now that it's a joke. Ah, <laughs> uh, hilarious. I love her. I'm glad she loves you, and I'm glad. It, but I don't understand why you would feel the need to do that prank. Because that was funny. Well, that, yeah, was because funny. I was like. And I could barely keep it together. I kept laughing. Like, I, I, can't, I can't act worth the shit. <laughs> no, I believe I you. you. No, you believed me? Yes. <laughs> I was like, he didn't pick up at all. And I was like, okay. And I was, you know, when I, it, it came to me when I was at the police station. What? Oh, it did? Because I, I knew the guy. I was like, yo, you should play a prank with me. He, and then he got busy. I was like, yo, man, just tell Lewis that, you know, I, I'm arrested. And then they got busy. So, and then I just filled the report. But that's oh, what he the, probably um, couldn't do that, though. The cop probably couldn't go. No, he was that. in on it. He was like, oh, no. He's like, no, nah, man, shit. You know, no, nah, I help you out. He's like, give me a second. Give me a few minutes. So I was like, all right, cool. So, but then he just got too busy. So, all right. Well, I'm glad it was a joke because I was really worried about you. And, um, because um, you are my best friend and I don't, and you and Tiffany are important to uh, me and Code Three, so I'm glad it wasn't that. Oh, good. But next time you call and say you in jail, you on your own, because <laughs> I'm gonna say, no, nah, I ain't true. It's a prank. <laughs> All the way to I see you on trial. Oh, they still going with this prank. I like that. Uh, there you go. <laughs> no, All right, All right. I love you, man. Be careful. All right, I'll see y'all next week. Okay. Well, All no, right. you got it next week. You and Dannon, because I won't be here, so y'all got to do the show. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. All right. Later. Bye, Tiffany. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was. A, <laughs> that was. I have to give you. That was a good one. You played the because I, I thought. I I really thought I'm like she really because you know what when you sold it when you said well he was talking about me and he was talking about me and I was like okay yeah she 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 want to put his business out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, I had it because he kept saying. Tell him, you know, he kept saying, say that, like, say that he was arrested for drugs. And so, but you kept shutting me down and he's watching the show the whole time. I, I didn't. I, that is that is crazy. <laughs> he was watching the show the whole time. Like, damn, he don't want to talk about it. And then I was like, I keep getting these calls like right. from old girl. Right. The only Tiffany. Right. Okay. So that's what got. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, let me just keep on trying to. And then I was like, oh, she just told me here for dry. You finna put my shit in jeopardy? Right. Right. And that's what I was like. Oh, then I was like, okay, yeah, she on one. She crazy. She tripping. I was. I'm, and he right because I when I was talking to Keith, I was going on. <laughs> yeah. When she. Oh, when I was man. <laughs> I can't believe you really did not. So you were fooled. We got you. Yes, because I was, I just, I, it was her when she called. She was selling it. I didn't, you know. Somebody said, tell Jeff that Code 3 got his car impounded as a, <laughs> as a counter joke. <laughs> it's part of the whole joke. Yeah, that, yeah, and Code 3 sold it too, because when she said that, I was like, what? I, I'm, I, hey, I got a whole new level of respect for Code 3 now. Yeah, she with it. I she love was, it. She, she was down. She was down. <laughs> that was funny because she played it like yeah. I looked up in the database and it's da -da -da. I, mean, I can't talk right now about it. I'll talk to you when we get home. I'm really sorry for your friend. That's, that's what got me when she said that. I'm really sorry for your friend. Were you worried about Jeff at all? Yes, very Aww. much. I mean, cause she said she said it doesn't look good. <laughs> And I'm like, man, don't look good. Okay, so yeah, that's the part that got me. I was just worried. I was like, my God, I hope he's, 
you know, I just I just knew he wasn't it, it you know, he was on the right track. You know, you got your people on the right track. Like he and he why would he do something like that? Yeah, and then yeah. you said, "Well, that nigga was the only you started." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, because I had to make it seem like fuck Jeff. I'm he, uh, you know, nah, Jeff's my dude though." Uh huh. Yep. It's all good. That was funny. We had to. He came up with the idea. He called me before you even got here and was like, "Look, my car got stolen, but we gonna do this." And I was like, okay. But the twister is that he called code three. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that puts the whole icing on. Yeah, the for him to go to all that trouble and do that, that was, he thought, I mean, that's, he wanted to get me bad. I ain't never pranked him like that. So I don't know why he, when, <laughs> it made my day though. <laughs> that made my day. All right. That it's uh, Super Bowl weekend. Uh, shout out to the Rams, although I'm a 49er fan, but I'm here in L.A., so I'm going to go ahead and root for the Rams. And plus, OBJ is the finest man in the NFL. So, Hilarious. Well, I'm enjoy going. Enjoy watching him. I like L.A. to be happy, so I hope the Rams win. And Yeah, uh, I hope the Rams win. I do. And uh, Eagles Because they day. say the Bengals haven't won in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't won in a long time. No, they've never won. What? They've never won the Super Bowl. Nope, they've never won the Super Bowl. But they've gone to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they went in, I think, like 30 80, years. Yeah, about 83, maybe, 80-something. All right, well, shout out to everybody that's listening. Have an excellent weekend, and oh. we'll see you guys. Wait, wait, wait. Give them that number again. I have it. I wrote it down. What number? Uh, if you're feeling any way, I mean, because they say oh, that. Oh, yeah, the suicide prevention. Yeah, it's 1-800-273-8255, one 273 If you're feeling lonely because you, your friend's at Super Bowl or anything like that, and you just feel you need to talk to someone. Yeah, no matter how down and out you are, there is somebody out there that loves you. And, man, I, I just it's just one of the most heartbreaking things when you lose someone to suicide because a lot of people take that. They take the responsibility for it. So, yeah. please. If you're feeling down, keep listening to us. We're going to cheer you up. If it's deeper than that, then you go ahead and call that number. Yeah, please do. Thank you. All right, boss. We're out. All right, y'all have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.